0: weird for takeoff. Once again, welcome to Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. As always, I am your party host, Joe Rivera. Along with me, as always, is my astute, educational, and incredibly handsome co-host. He is Zach Wilson's daycare worker, none other than Matt Szilard, a.k.a. King Sliz. Sliz, say hello, my friend.
1: Hey, just like we predicted, lock it in. Jets <laughs> get sweeped by swept by the <laughs> Patriots this year. God, oh my goodness! In, in typical fashion,
0: man, it, it's really it's something, Sliz. And you know, these are two games that you're going to look at. They make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, you're going to look at these games and say, "Should have had them. Should have had them both times." It's and uh, so so. What do you want to talk about? Right. All right. Let's get let's get right into it. Let's let's start right here, Sliz, with the runway rundown quickly. I mean, defense played their asses off all game in Foxborough. Holding the Patriots to three points on offense is just they were sensational all day. It was the definition of Ben Don't Break to the absolute limit. Cause the Patriots moved the ball. They got into the red zone, but every time they did, the defense closed the door. And it was exceptional to watch all day.
1: Yeah. Little little assist from the wind on a couple of those field goals, but but that that was the game too. That was the game, right? And and both really both teams played to that, played to the wind being a factor and yeah on defense man they they got after it sacked mac i think was it five times when we were all said and done Mm -hmm. after i think sacking them six times the last time we played didn't really Mm -hmm. allow much of anything deep a little a little spotty in the in the run game and i mean tackling was not ideal (laughs) uh especially on a couple of those long third downs but I mean, you can't ask for much more out of a defense. Right. Like you said, only allowed three points on the day. Ca- caused a lot of a lot of punts or it, it was a punt fest on both sides right. for the majority of the game. Like yeah, th- this defense is legit and and I I've, I've said it a lot kind of in all the fallout and discourse and it's like, "Oh man, we got to push our chips all in. We got to figure out something like we need to compete. This defense is ready to compete." Now it's like, "Man, Look across this defense. You're not aging out anyone off of this defense, except maybe CJ Mosley, right? And that's a position where we need to upgrade regardless. Like this defense will be good next year. Honestly, it should get better next year in terms of a player like Sauce taking a step forward, Quinn and Williams continuing to build upon what he's building. You assume like a Jermaine Johnson is going to start showing up. You assume we'll get – in investment somewhere up the middle, whether that's at D-Tackle, whether that's at linebacker, whether that's at free safety, looking to upgrade from Joiner And, yeah, defense, it's awesome, man.
0: I mean, what is what else can we say about this defense? All year it's been the same thing, right? I mean, the cornerbacks are legit. Sauce is legit. DJ Reed's legit. Pass rush is really good. We know that the linebackers have been an issue all year. Defensive line, especially has has been sensational. Past has been sensational, consistent all year, right? I mean, what else is there to be said? Olbrich, one hundred percent, saved his job. Uh, I mean, solid. Everybody gets on solid. Well, he's the defensive guy, and you know the defense got to play better. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like defense looked good all year. It's it's looked good outside of the first three weeks of the season. After that, they've been absolute money. So, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And it's anywhere you turn, it's Zach Wilson this week. There are two people in the NFL me- in NFL media I want to shout out real quick, Sliz. The first is Chris Sims, who put together an absolutely beautiful amount of copium on the Twitter timeline today, breaking down every Zach dropback. If we're being fair to Chris Sims, a lot of he listen. Everybody's going to see things different ways. He was killing Zach for all of his mechanics, which we've done all year. He was killing Zach for missing throws, which we've done all not all year. I think Zach is his accuracy issues have been a little bit overstated this year. This was the worst game I think he's had all year in terms of pure accuracy problems. Definitely. And Sims was explaining certain things, and you know everybody's on the pile on Zach thing because let's be real. I work in media. I know this to be true. I I can speak. I can speak on this. I only speak on things I know to be true. Media loves making fun of the Jets. They love piling on the Jets because it's an easy thing to do. And Jets fans are very passionate and they reciprocate and they deserve it. It's not like they don't deserve it, but. And and Zach Wilson
1: in particular, uh, uh, and and I I might not take the, say the full take that that I've, I've held in my mind. But Zach in particular, I think of that QB crop is like the one where it's easy to kind of play narrative ball with him and pile yeah. on. And, and and you see it on on the Monday night broadcast with Booger. You see it with, with just all the different angles of everyone attacking his upbringing and, and who he is. And he's kind of, you know, the punk kid that everyone loves to hate. Right. So right. like it's, and, and not, I don't even know how much of that is even like, true it's it's some of it i feel like is just kind of that personification that people project onto him in a mm-hmm. sense but it it's just the reality it, it's not only are we the jets not only are we in a massive market but also it's like zach wilson is an easy kind of character to build in your mind to hate on to right, and, that's right. Just, and and he did his himself no favors there yeah. I, I will know that very clear he did himself yeah. absolutely no favors
0: yeah absolutely we're not i'm not defending zach at all like and i've said it he sucks until he doesn't suck right that's just i've said it on podcast now and i i slammed my fist down on this very desk in the last po- in the last episode that we did one of the last episodes we did about zach the game that he had against the bills is the game that you want to see him play execute the game plan right before we get to before we get to more zach i do want to point out dan Hansus from nfl network great I, I think this is the best tweet that i've read on the entire situation it's People have gone to embarrassing levels to try and mash Zach. Dan Orlovsky said Zach doesn't know the playbook, which I think is a little bit ridiculous, but um, Dan Hansa said this, the Zach Wilson takes are nearing cower on Colts level of hysteria. He had a terrible game and a p- crappy post-game presser. No one died. Step away from the teleprompter. You know, listen, I'm, I'm not here to gatekeep to tell you how to react about Zach's game or Zach's press conference, which I think is the bigger issue than the game. I, I mean, agree. he was terrible in the game, but mm-hmm. the Zach did the, the press conference is just, it was abysmal. And you saw some of that after the first Patriots loss, where like, it's okay if you're mad after a loss, but as a quarterback, you never point the finger. You always point the thumb. That's just the way it goes. And t- to be fair, Zach wasn't pointing the finger at anybody. He he point, he was pointing the finger at Mother Nature, which I thought was a little bit stupid, but he he didn't also didn't take accountability. That's just part of the job, Sliz, is to, is to take accountability, even if it's not your fault, right? And the offense, top to bottom, and it's not just Zach. This was a total systemic breakdown on offense. Offensive line was terrible. Situational play calling was abysmal. This was LaFleur's worst game of the year. I, I I can't defend what I saw on Sunday. Like I just thought he was terrible.
1: As a um, Mike LaFleur, like leader of the Mike LaFleur fan club, I agree. Situationally, yeah. it was poor.
0: It was bad. It was bad all game. Um just everything about about what you saw on offense, whether it was offensive line. Pass pass protection held up for most of the game until the second half. And and the Patriots really started getting after Zach in the second half. They sacked him four or five times in the second half. And listen, it's people don't want to hear it. And I understand why, because it's results based analysis. And at the end of the day, the offense only put up three points. It wasn't all on Zach. People don't want to hear that. It's fine. At the end of the day, it was awful. Zach was bad. He was the biggest part of that puzzle. Sliz, what did you see from Zach on Sunday versus the Patriots?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. You've, you've been shouting out a couple. Uh, a couple tweets. I'm gonna go to older, reliable uh, friend of the pod, Robbie Sabo. Yeah. He so and, and he's been on this, and I, I think we've been on this too from from the get go with Zach all, all season, and even even going to last year too, where you can see the mental. Break in him in so many of these games, right? And you know, early in the game, he looked he was looking fine, right? Like he he was getting the ball out. He was hitting, using his legs, had, running yeah, forward. You, you had you had the Mims drop. Mm-hmm. You had a couple batted balls at the line of scrimmage, and then he had he he gets one bad miss, right, on the drop the the dropped interception, and then it just it. Like it's like every time something like that like goes bad and, and is kind of like a gut punch, like he starts he starts snowballing down this hill, man, and it just gets worse and worse. Then he's missing the throws to the flat to Barrios, he's missing the throw to the flat to Mims, he's underthrowing Garrett on the deep shot, and it's like I don't know what it is. It, and and Sabo is saying he's not sure if it's just so trying not to make the mistake that when you get one of those gut punches, then it just like all falls apart. And then he's afraid to try to force it. And he's like overly conservative, trying to get it out quick. Or I, I don't know what it is, but I, I it, it's so hard to like piece together. Okay. What did we see from Buffalo Zach? And then what we're seeing now. And, and I do. People don't want to hear the wind as an excuse, but it definitely played a factor in terms of we were not able to attack the intermediate and deep like we did against new England in the first game, mind you, like new England played us close. They played us tight and they, they they rolled out the exact same strategy that they rolled out last, last time we played them of take away all the quick slants, take away all the quick hitters, make them beat us intermediate to deep. And the wind did not help. (laughs) <laughs> the The wind helped their game plan right and and you saw it on punts all day you saw it on field goals all day you saw it on the wheel route we threw to ty johnson where it just died on on, on its way um so like in general it's the wheels feel like they're coming off <laughs> um i i guess i don't even know what else so much has been said i don't know what new to say other than i think our i I will shout out our coaching staff and sala and they're handling it the right way and and it's kind of like you're at this divergent point and we still we still have lots of games this season by the way (laughs) we still have seven games this year right and and so and, and at its core and i know everyone everyone's throwing out what quarterback they want to start zach wilson should be the quarterback he is the guy that gives you the best chance to win i know people don't believe that based on what we've seen here recently but it's true but what, what, have...
0: what about let me let me counter that sorry because you let me count what about zach makes you believe that to be true now is it a matter of is it tools is it the fact that the rest of the room is legit garbage like I, I think it's I actually shows. I I actually agree with you because Mike White's not it. We know that Mike White can't hit a pass further than five yards down the field. But what do you see from Zach that's still even with the terrible performance that he had versus New England? What still makes you believe that he is the best guy?
1: Yeah, so it's a couple of things. Right. And And we've played about as grueling a stretch of defenses as you can play. And while, while we've played that, we've had a pretty abysmal offensive line for the majority of it. Your run game has disappeared since the, the Brees Hall injury. And in general, and, and we saw this game too, like Zach does make plays with his legs. He, he is making plays with his legs ever since that first New England game against Buffalo and now this mm-hmm. game. He's been good about stepping up and through and taking the yards given. Like, he has fixed that element of his game, and, and that's been a positive, right? When you look at the alternatives, you kind of have the mysterious Joe Flacco situation where they randomly kind of demoted him to third string. And I think a lot of that goes to, hey, Zach's back. He's healthy. He's going to be our guy this year. Flacco's probably done with football next year, you would think. Um and Mike White's a pending free agent. Let's get him the second string reps. Let's see what we got. Right, uh, that that's in my rationale. What played out there? Not expecting to totally have a self-destructing Zach Wilson. Um, so in my mind, I I would I would rank it Zach then Joe then a gap then Mike White <laughs> probably and then <laughs> Straveler. and and so Joe Flacco. Has the tools, he has the quick read, but he has and we saw we saw what Joe is the first three games, right? He yep. can get the ball out, he can hit targets. This dude cannot move, right? Which maybe against the schedule we have and some of the weaker Ds we're playing, maybe that's enough, right? Which it, it absolutely could be. If we do make a change, my money would be I would put it on Joe Flacco because you're making a change now because you're making a playoff push. I'm not putting a playoff push in the hands of Mike White, who outside of the most fluke result in probably NFL history with his Bengals game has been bad. And mm-hmm. and I don't know why I don't know where the 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 cloth over the eyes is and everything of ignoring every other start we saw Mike White make last year but also the entire preseason where he looked bad against second stringers all preseason. Yeah. And, and so I guess back to your core question, why Zach? It is the tools. It is you're seeing growth in areas. The accuracy has obviously been the big issue, but it's also we're not going to play defenses of this caliber, really the rest of the way. You'll have one, one to two tough defenses. We do play the Bills again, but but he did well against the Bills. Um, I, Minnesota doesn't really scare you. The Seahawks don't really scare you. And I certainly neither the Bears or Detroit scare you. They're two of the worst defenses in the league, right? So it, it really does open up in terms of matchups should be there. There's not really, you know, Zadarius Smith's probably the only dominant pass rusher on the slate that you have to worry about. Um and, and hopefully you just mass that with tight end chips and that sort of thing. It's right. and and ultimately, like if you bench Zach now and make that decision you are done with zach and and by the way that's okay if we get to that point at any point the rest of the season if we are done with zach you'd rather be done with zach than get fooled into giving him another year where we get this again and then you wait then you're actually wasting a year of the defense right this year i don't see it that way but I don't know if that totally answered your question.
0: (laughs) It's an interesting situation, Sliss, for sure. I I actually disagree with you in in one facet where if you do bench Zach now, I think you can go back to him. Like If if you bench Zach this Sunday and you start Mike White and he's absolutely abysmal in the first half, then you can go, which is totally in the realm of possibility, and then you make the switch, you go back to Zach Wilson, and you know what? That's a big middle finger to all the Mike White memers on on the Discord and everywhere else. But I, I just... Listen, this is conspiracy theory, right? But, and I agree with your totally logically sound why they moved Mike White up the depth chart. And there's something just, there's a disconnect here with why move him up now, right? Or why move him up then? And for me, it's that maybe they weren't pleased with the work Zach was putting in behind the scenes or his attitude or and maybe they move Mike White up to put a little bit of pressure on him. And, and everybody knows. I mean, everybody knows how much this team likes Mike White. I mean, they 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 were saying it all last year. The locker room, you see the pictures of him with in the locker room. The team loved also celebrating with him last year. That's fine. As the saying goes, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in the room. Right. But maybe they moved him up to put a little bit of pressure on Zach because they moved him up after actually, I want to say it was a win. It was three or four weeks ago that they moved him up. So it's not like, uh, yeah, it
1: was after the Packers maybe, or right. That's what I'm thinking. One of the, two. so it's
0: not, it was one of the two. So it's not like they moved him up after a loss. They moved him up after a win to put him in that position. But you know, I don't know that's conspiracy theory. Maybe that's neither here nor there, but it's, it's an interesting situation to, situation to watch for sure.
1: I don't think Mike White changes the result of that game substantially either. Yeah, I like I, 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 I Mike White hitting a, a check down to Mims and Barrios in the flat for two yards or even completing – I know that, that last play where he, he checked it down to Michael Carter instead of hitting the drag. We're still going to overtime, folks. Like at, mm-hmm. at best. Like maybe we squeak out of time, but dude, we weren't moving the ball at all, yeah. man. <laughs> like Mike Weggett isn't really substantially changing anything.
0: And that's and that's why I said Anybody who watched this game knows that it was more than Zach. It was. And and let's talk about the offense as a whole. Number one, I've said this before. I think you and I agree on this. There's a difference between reasoning and excuse, mm-hmm. right? It's if you lose one guy on the offensive line, it's fine, right? Like nobody's gonna be, feel sorry for you when you lose AVT, you lose back then back in preseason. Dwayne Brown looks like a shell of himself. Herbert didn't play in this game, so there's that. Max uh, playing... is
1: still out too.
0: Yeah, Max is mid. Max is still out. It, it's just the top to bottom. I mean, Connor McDermott's gone. Thank God, but. <laughs> When you're down to your seven, six, and 7th string offensive tackle, essentially, Ogbog and Dwayne Brown, who wasn't even in the plans this, this summer until the, until the 11th hour, that's not excuse. It's totally fine to say, you know what, this offensive line was not good. And in the running game, especially this week, it was abysmal. It yeah. was absolutely abysmal. Listen there's nothing wrong with saying a part of your team is bad if it's bad. Okay. Because it feels like you're not allowed to say that the offensive line was bad, especially like, yeah, I get Zach Wilson was bad, but like, it's totally okay to say Zach was bad, but you can't say that Elijah Moore was bad. You can't say that Denzel Mims was bad. Like, oh my God, Denzel Mims. I'll get to Mims in a second, Sliz, but because, because I'm, I'm just about over whatever's happening there, but Sliz, your your thoughts on the offensive line and, and what we saw on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean it's been brutal, right? Like, I I think if if you go back and count and really in laptop in real time we're kind of counting, it's like you had one maybe two holes in the run game that entire game where you're not getting one to two guys hitting hitting our ball carrier in the backfield, like not even not even creating a hole, just like keeping them at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. was such a struggle. Um, I mean I mean. I know Mike LaFleur was catching a lot of flack. We kind of threw him out as like, hey, this is one of his worst games. But when such a core element of our offense is running the ball and quick hitting, you know, kind of that West Coast style, it's like, man, what? some of it is what did did you legitimately want this guy to do in terms of, oh, like, why are we running up the middle? Oh, we need to run on third down when it's third and short. Oh, we can't run. Oh, Zach can't complete a pass. Oh, we can't throw deep because the wind's throttling us and we can't we can't pass protect that long anyway, right? It's like it's like I I don't know well, I do know a few things I would have liked to see him do, but in general, like that that is totally casting blame to the the wrong spot where it's like our our offensive line was brutal. We we are still down two of our top 3 skill players in terms of production in terms of Brees and Corey Davis and, and Corey Davis can't get back soon enough, right you really can't. I, I think hopefully this is helped open eyes to the appreciation of Corey Davis. When you look at like a Pittsburgh game and then contrast to what we've had since then, yep. when he's been injured and, and having Mims and Elijah Moore, frankly, take a lot of those reps and it, it has not been good.
0: Mm-hmm. It's and the thing about Davis is like, Like you said, he's Zach's number one guy, right? And he's developed, Zach developed an excellent chemistry with Davis. And you see Zach throw Davis a lot of those trust balls that he might not throw someone else. And I think it's been a big loss since he's, Mm. I hope he plays this weekend. I mean, they, Zach desperately needs him back. This offense needs him back. It's scary to see without, and Denzel Mims, we're, we're done. We're done with Denzel Mims. I'm sorry. He made the one nice adjustment on the ball that got hung up in the air in the wind
1: maybe, maybe OPI, but
0: maybe yeah definitely extended the arms because that's what he does and they didn't call it. but we're really running swing screens to Denzel mims
1: yeah yeah who, who
0: looks like who looks like a gazelle on ice when he's out there, man like he's just so uncoordinated and it's just like the big drop in the like don't drop that pass like that Zach that was a perfect throw. Perfect throw right in the in stride, like in the Brit, and he drops it uh i'm I'm just i'm I'm done with Denzel Mims. I'm sorry, like it was a cute story for a little bit. I just can't see this guy on the field anymore. Please come back, Corey Davis. please come back, Corey Davis yeah. because Elijah will give you more. I, I'm so, and we saw Elijah makes a plays. Elijah will give you more than than what I've seen from Denzel,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. And and kind of just circling back to the, the offensive line, Hopefully we get Matt, Max back this week. I know we made the move to to bring in LDT again, mm-hmm. um, Laurent Duvernay Tardif Tardif. Tardif. Um, but I, no, I don't well, think you gotta that say,
0: you gotta put some French in. Laurent. There. Yeah, Laurent, Laurent. here we go. Uh, I, <laughs> Hey, I took a bunch.
1: Of, I took five years of French, man, in in grade school. So that's nice. Yeah. My French teacher is probably like, oh man. He, How do you, how do you butcher that? But (laughs) I I don't know. It's like, I kind of previewed our our upcoming schedule. It will get easier. We will have chance to adjust, but it's like so much of it. The quarterback's got to click our offensive line. We we need to be able to run the ball more than like one yard to carry or whatever we had. Like you don't need to, I'm not saying we need to average four to five yards to carry that would be nice, but we need to not like basically go nowhere on, on our run plays. And man, I, I was holding out to try to be try to buy in, try not to say my RBs don't matter bit and all that with, with James Robinson, that trade is a total bust. Absolutely. He, he does not look good. He had that one run to the edge where he, he had no, he had negative speed, man. Like the wind was blowing him backwards. And two, it doesn't help. You're seeing not only did better running backs get trade like a Jeff Wilson get traded for the same compensation, I think less than a week later, a week later, Um, you're seeing all these running backs now just get like randomly released like Mm -hmm. Daryl Henderson, Melvin Gordon. It's like, man, I'd I'd rather any of those guys over James Robinson off off his Achilles. And and clearly he's not the same guy, which, you know, people had fantasy football blinders on. Forgetting that that even happened for some reason because he had one long busted run on a fourth and short or something early in the season, but you you see why Jacksonville moved him, right? Um, I don't know, man. It's tough. <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely it, tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, the running game, like, and and I said this on a on a spot I did, you know, the running game is you weren't expecting obviously to get Brees Hall with James Robinson, what you were expecting was to get three or four hard earned hard earned yards, right? Every every time he touched the ball. Like not even just a matter of he can break one. It's a matter of, okay, well, the ball's in your hands. Can you just get me four yards, four tough yards, five tough yards? And he hasn't been able to do that. So
1: nor nor has he been able to be good enough to keep Ty Johnson off the field. Right. Which I know people <laughs> are freaking out about the Ty Johnson usage. Right. But it's like in in general our staff doesn't use players randomly and they generally haven't played favorites. Like Ty Johnson is getting reps because he's our best thir- He's our best pass protecting back. And because he's fat, frankly faster than the other two. Why mm-hmm. do we want run a wheel route to Ty Johnson? Because that was probably the best play call of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he's fast as crap and we've had mm-hmm. success out of that package and they didn't bite and the wind killed it. Right. Like yeah. of all the plays to criticize that that one's been pointed out a lot in terms of play call. Like that was one of the best play calls we had the entire game. Try, mm-hmm. try to run something creative, try to take a shot, get a mismatch. Like that's what you want to do. Right. What you don't want to do is go empty on third and short and run a one-read play to Ty Johnson on an out route. Um, right. Did not like that one. But right. the, the like James Robinson hasn't been good enough to keep Ty Johnson off the field, which speaks for itself.
0: Right. So, so you just mentioned uh, a word about Michael Floor that we saw last year, which is part of the reason why we're such big fans, and that's creative, right? I feel like this offense is not that anymore. Like, there's nothing about it. And I don't know if it's because the personnel – because we're playing more straight. But it just feels like we have no creativity. There's no buzz. There's no juice right now in the offense. And I, I what happened? What happened? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think happened?
1: It's definitely gotten stagnant the past couple of weeks. Part of that is, like, if you never sustain anything, like if you don't get first downs. How many three and outs did we ever? We had mm-hmm. a lot of three and outs. It's hard to, if you don't get positive yards on early downs, if you don't sustain drives, it's hard to add those wrinkles in there um out of different looks and in general too just this game the way it was dictating like a lot of what we do is on orbit routes it's in the short passing game it's on jet sweeps and that type of stuff like i i think new england was just playing so up that it's like it we're better off playing chalk and just trying to get our quarterback to hit the place he needs to hit and Mm -hmm. it didn't happen ultimately but I, I think that's all it is, is, hey, we didn't sustain enough to even get to those plays and situational play calls.
0: This is one of those games that I want to say burn the tape, right? It's it's really hard, especially in offense, but it's really hard to get there when your quarterback looks as bad as he did. And literally everybody and their mother, no pun intended, is going after Zach Wilson, right? It's like, it's, I don't know, man. I just, I want to put this, I want to put this game by
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, I do. I, 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 I kind of said it earlier shout out to sala and and shout out ant rob buying in on sala finally with how he's handled this situation and i think he absolutely is handling it right he's saying all the right things to the media and and you like just in general right you us as fans like you listen to Sala and you have confidence that he's going to handle the locker room and get it right whatever whatever the outcome is like I know all the all all the media pundits and the hot take, oh, we're gonna lose the locker room, this, that what dude, we're not losing the locker room. Like our our coaches are too ingrained in that culture to lose the locker room. But I do want to criticize the decision we made in this game, and I know Spencer was was harping all over it in the game thread and, and after the fact too us punting in their territory on that fourth and two. And, and not trying to go for points there on probably our best drive of the game. We, we should have gone for it there. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get it, like our defense had been playing good. They would have been going in the win. That was we in a game like that, where points are at such a premium, I feel like you have to go for it there on fourth and two and try to get something, even if all you end up with is the three like, i do think that was a rare in-game mismanagement and and i understand the thought because we saw even bill belichick play it super conservative at a lot of points um where hey neither team's scoring we're gonna have more opportunities later we trust in our defense to not give up points we'll get a better opportunity but it's like man you wish you wish that's where we broke out one of those michael LaFleur wrinkles one of those gotta have them fourth and two plays get closer see if we can't can't sustain the drive and get seven or even just get the three
0: Mm -hmm. i do want to give a shout out to master cow because i thought he had a really good point today and listen maybe this is a little bit of copium and we'll get to copern open in a few minutes here but he had a really good point how quickly people forget after zach had a solid game versus buffalo fumble aside He didn't say good game. He didn't say great game. He said a solid game, right? And I think part of the whole Zach, it's weird to me because it's a good point. Like Zach was terrible versus doing one, right? And this is coming off a bye week. So we hadn't seen him in two weeks, but it's like he was, we know we've seen it this year that Zach is capable of playing that role, right? Of Playing the game manager role. And that's what kills me because It just feels like such a massive step backwards in so many footwork, accuracy, everything, just everything about this game. But I just did want to give Master Kyle a shout out real quick, because I thought that was a really good point. And like, we know that he has it in him. It's just a matter of, can he build on it? And he hasn't really been able to do it yet. So
1: Mac Jones wasn't particularly good either. (laughs) He had a running game. And they still only put up three points, yeah. right? Yeah. He, he had guys. He had Ramon J Stevenson forcing three missed tackles on third and nineteen. On a check down to the flat, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, don't know. Like there, there's been a lot of like kind of hand waving, like oh, you know, the other quarterback, the, uh, Mac Jones didn't play well either. Like let's everything not,
0: that. He, let, everything. Let's not
1: let's not just skew things to make it what it's not. Like you can say Zach played bad without trying to like make up stuff. Right,
0: I mean the thing and is, did. so, didn't you say? Didn't you say um, Mac only had four attempts longer than five yards? I think
1: longer than ten, but longer yeah, 10. It, his pass chart was very much within five yards. Yeah, he had he had those two slants to Devontae Parker, and then I think he had two completions further than ten yards. One to Jacoby Myers over the middle. I I forget the other one, but yeah. Yeah, like he he game managed to to a to a fault. His guys just made guys miss. Right. Our, and in New England's, New England's defense did play lights out, right? Like, we mm-hmm. had no yak. We had no run game. Like, they were very good. Right. We, we couldn't get anything going.
0: Right. It was just a perfect game plan against us again. And it's just a perfect storm. Like, you're going to have performances like these. I'm not trying to discount it, but you're going to have games like these where you're just looking at. And I just hope, I hope, I mean, Zach sucks until he doesn't. I just hope that this is the last of bad Zach that we see the rest of the year. But we'll see. All right, so let's move on. This week's top gun. And this is a joint effort because I can't just point out one game, one one guy from this game, but the defense as a whole, all of the they were incredible. Just like, yeah, I know they missed tackles. I know that the, the CJ Mosley, like he graded out well, but he's still bad. I'm sorry. I'm I just he's just not good. I so many over pursuits in this game, so many getting into the backfield and missing a tackle, whiffing on a tackle. He's still slow. He's but the defense as a whole I thought played really, really well all game. And to only hold the Patriots to three points. And I know Matt Patricia can't call a red zone play to save his life, but listen, you hold it, you hold a team to three points in enemy territory on the road, like that's that's sensational work.
1: Yeah. One of one of Carl Lawson's better games. Um Quinnen continues his all pro campaign. Uh-huh. Um sauce still playing phenomenally had that awesome punch out right on that mm-hmm. you wait you it was an incomplete folks but it, it, was, it close. was it was close it was it, close. incomplete was the right call
0: he had the the second foot down yeah he would have been that would have been a fumble and it was it was like yeah razor razor thin but oh
1: yeah but yeah this week's these good man
0: this week's top gun goes out to the defense which we will never stop talking about in this podcast but you know they deserve it all right, Sliz, so as, as we do after losses, the Jets fan therapy couch. Um obviously people had some things to say, so let's let's start it off with Puffy. Since it's now known Zach Wilson is a bust, is there still a chance this team makes the playoffs in spite of his play? A few things on this. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to the level to say Zach Wilson's a bust yet. Because I do think this is one just tremendously bad performance, right? If he goes out versus Chicago or next time he starts and he plays poorly the rest of the season against these defenses, then I'll go there. I'm not going to go there yet. I've, I've said it. I'm giving him two years, whatever. So that's the first thing there's, uh, there's still a chance this team makes the playoffs because people forget this team was what five and two with him, right? They were, they were five and two with him before, like, before this happened, like, and both yeah. losses were to to the Patriots. Like people are forgetting, we're a six and four ball
1: club. Like it, it literally feels like Gase era Jets right now. Uh-huh. Like it, it feels so obs- like it. It is wild, man. It, right. Like and and of course, when your quarterback sucks and you lose a game like that, like you have no positives. But it's like like we're six and four, and we have some. We still have some cupcakes on our schedule, right. man.
0: Right. So, listen, I think there's definitely still – it's much harder, like we talked about on one of the last podcasts. I mean, this, this loss hurts them a lot because now you have to – essentially have to win one of versus Miami or Buffalo in their building, and you have to take care of all the teams that suck or, you know, all the teams that aren't very good on your schedule. So Jacksonville – All the sub-500 teams. <laughs> right. Jacksonville, Detroit, Chicago, you know, all these teams you get – and you, you have to get pick up one versus – division opponents so listen it's not going to be easy but this team played well with mid zach right they've played well with zach being okay so
1: we're uh, really is our defense is going to keep us in every single game the rest of the way right? right you even like you saw minnesota who had been playing well and pro known paper tigers a little bit but mm-hmm. they they just got absolutely demolished Absolutely demolished by Dallas this week, right? And they're like, going to
0: play – the Jets are going to play the same exact game because they have a similar defense. Right. Like a, like, a similar defensive philosophy, at least. Our,
1: our defense will keep us in every single game the rest of the year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With with probably Miami Week 18 being the biggest test with Tua back at, mm-hmm. against Miami, which might, might be the most important game on the schedule. But right. our, our D will keep us in every game, so we just need to do enough. And that's where I think really our coaches are splitting hairs on – what do we believe in do do we think zach can do enough and turn it around or do you just go with the low ceiling you know what you're gonna get with with either flacco or mike white and and you think that's enough right which i don't think it's enough with with one of those two but
0: (laughs) uh albus says beyond frustrating game jets are uh, jets are the better team in just about every position over the patriots that's true Zach Wilson has to play better. That's true. If he's playing poorly first half of Chicago, which who knows if he's actually going to play, I think we bench him for Flacco to try and salvage the season. It felt like the play calling sucked this game too. It didn't feel like they called for quick passes. And when they did, Zach how somehow missed those throws. Losing Brees hurts so bad. J-Rob looks older than Biden and Carter looks like Tommy Pickles. I'm, I'm not sure I, I get the Tommy Pickles but thing, but. Yeah. I don't either. I love Rugrats. Making love, me regrets laugh. Regrets. So, right. yeah. <laughs> um, listen. There's a lot there, and, and a lot of it we've touched on already. And and I think I pretty much agree on all on all points with Albus here. It's frustrating to lose both of these games versus the Patriots, knowing that you are a better team in pretty much every facet, right? Except apparently quarterback. And Mac Jones isn't very good, but the quarterback kind of tanked both of those games for you. So uh, it's tough. It, it's tough to, It's definitely a tough game to swallow It's a tough pill to swallow When you get swept by New England again for, You know, what is this? 13 straight loss, 14 straight loss It's it's just terrible, man It's terrible Don't figure it out, though Don't figure it out I have faith in this coaching staff
1: I, I do feel like the out Like, so if Zach plays, I do think a disastrous first half Could lead to the hook at halftime
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I, rather, I would hope and I say that as a guy who's been play Zach all year, pretty confident in Zach and believe in Zach. If he if he plays like he's played in the second half of these Patriots games against that Chicago defense, you have you have to pull him. You have to pull him. Right. And there's no there's no reason not to. Uh,
0: breaking news, Liz, real quick uh, on the on the podcast. The Jor score is in for Zach Wilson's uh, performance this week. We love the Jor score here on uh, Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. And I, I don't know how to read the Jor score, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. So I guess Jor and I have something in common. Uh, but let's see. Uh, average 1.413, total 29. First half 1.57, total 14. Average 1.266, total 15. I I just don't know what any of that means. Um, let's see. Uh 1.5 is the mark for a bad game. His second half was horrendous. One positive graded throw. 1.6 is average. 1.8 is elite. This is is George's general guidelines. So a 1.413. Uh Zach had a bad game. I mean,
1: it's it's below his mark for bad. So right. he's calling it an, a bad very bad no. game. <laughs>
0: uh we want Minshew. I'm not sure who the who the user is because I can't find it right now. We want Minshew. Says Oh, that's what he said. With like uh, twenty H's there. So uh, I'm sorry. I, I would hug you if I can, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, CEO of the Liz Lemon Fan Club, and that's salty. Sometimes spelled with an L. Simple. Often, New York Jets. Man. Oftentimes. <laughs> New York Jets. Simple. What happened? What happened? I, I mean, we already discussed what happened. Liz so on the runway rundown. What happened was. Total breakdown on the offensive side of the ball, and listen, we didn't even touch on special teams in this game either. Which
1: well, I was going to say, how how fitting was was the end of that game, right? Yeah. Just like it it was it was the perfect nail in that coffin right. for just I, a miserable experience.
0: I think Brian, I think it was Brian Costello who tweeted out, "This game is going to come down to the team who makes the one mistake," and that turned out to be the Jets who made yeah. the one mistake. So. Uh, that'll do it for the Jets fan therapy catch this week. Please, guys, if if you do need help, seek help. There's nothing wrong with being not right. So uh, there's that. New segment will be debuting on this podcast, uh, Cope or Nope. So Sliz and I are going to alternate some, some takes here. I'm going to read the first one. I'm going to get Sliz's opinion on whether it is Cope or is it Nope. So first one here, Zach Wilson will be better over the remaining seven games of the season. Is that cope or is that nope Sliz?
1: No, that is not cope. I expect um and and we already set the table on this, right? The defenses ease up a lot. We should at minimum get Corey back. Hopefully, you expect to get hopefully Herbig and one of our right tackles back. You expect it to be that it's hard to get any much worse than this, so you expect Mm -hmm. it to be better um man. starting this week frankly if, if it's not better against the chicago d like blow it up man
0: yeah yep all right you're up Sliz.
1: yeah cope or nope mike white can get us to the playoffs
0: that's major cope that's major cope i mean i wish i had the numbers in front of me and call this poor podcast planning but we had the number like mike white had eight Turnover worthy plays on like a certain percentage, which is the worst in football last year. Like he threw X amount of He was of interceptions, easily the like, worst in football last it was, year. He was just ter- like, he was, I don't understand what people think they're seeing in Mike White. I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if it's memeing. I don't know if it's like, I could tell you, not everybody on Twitter is memeing, right? And I, nobody memes as hard as Jets Discord, but. I don't know what people think Mike White is. I don't know who they think he is. I just it, don't I, I, understand. I don't,
1: any anything that you thought Mike White was you would you would have thought got total, and maybe people don't watch preseason, which I can't blame him. But it's like you would have thought that narrative died in preseason when he looked awful in preseason against we played second string teams. Every single game. He played against second-string defenses. New York didn't – the Giants didn't play a single starter. Atlanta didn't play starters on D. He looked awful, man. He looked bad. If if Mike White was good, he would have been playing in that game this past weekend. Mm-hmm. If Mike White was good, we wouldn't have started Joe Flacco to start the year. Yeah. Like,
0: don't kid I just, yourself, people. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I guess the idea is Mike White can hit the short stuff. And and for that matter, if you think Mike White can be Mac Jones, like if that's your cup of tea, then fine. The only thing is Mike White is not as mobile as Mac Jones is. So. Which is saying something. <laughs> which is saying something. So whatever, man. Alright, next up. Uh, Sliz, this Jets offensive line is good enough. Is that cope or nope?
1: That is serious cope based on the current iteration we and we broke it down but like this especially this right side as it as it was to end that game you you can't do any we couldn't run you can't pass protect it not only could you not run nor pass protect but we've had multiple batted passes on that side too on on plays that we would have made right so it's it, you're losing across the board consistently. We need to run the ball. We're a team predicated on running the ball. We are going to attempt to run the ball. If you go backwards, we, it's, it's not going to work. It, right. it is not currently good. I think if healthy, it's certainly good enough. We're nowhere close to healthy.
0: But when, you, when you say healthy, you mean left to right, Brown, Tomlinson, McGovern, Herbig at this point, and pick your right tackle who's your right AVT, tackle? fan
1: AVT or fan oh well, yeah A V T. right right yeah I All mean right.
0: it's I'm just, that's why I said "Sliz." I understand football is such a next man up sport but at the same time it's like it's totally fine to admit when an offensive line is not good enough right and I know what I'm watching on Sunday when people say, oh well he had plenty of time he had plenty of time which is fine like it, there there are throws that Zach makes where he has an extra extra tick but to act as though this offensive line was like giving Zach all the time in the world and giving him perfect pocket. Like it's simply not true. Like, I don't know. How especially on
1: those, that. especially on those sacks, man. And and I saw someone saying, Oh, all those sacks were Zach's fault. It's like,
0: what? Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, I mean, like of all the games this year, these sacks that he took were like by far not his fault.
0: <laughs> like, I just don't, uh, it, it, it makes my head spin, bro. Like, it's totally fine to admit when an offensive line is not good enough. We've we've said it before. Zach's pocket presence has to be better, and we saw that for the most part in the Buffalo game. Um, I don't know what he did on his bye week that just washed his brain of football. It's weird, but I I just I'm tired of hearing that this offensive line is good enough because it's simply not. It's just not. So,
1: all right. <laughs> no, nothing on offense was good enough this right. week, outside of Garrett Wilson.
0: Right. Right. All right. Uh, next up, So let's go ahead. Aaron
1: Rodgers will be a jet In 2023
0: It's serious code man And and here's the thing too I don't know if these people have watched Aaron Rodgers this year But It's very very clear that his decision Making Has severely regressed All year All year it's not just about his wide Receiver room because I think that's Part of obviously that's part of it It's not just about his thumb but the decisions he's making with the ball, and it hasn't resulted in turnovers, but it's resulted in plenty of incompletions and plenty of him just not being Aaron Rodgers this year. So um he's not young. <laughs> Guys, what? He's 38, gonna be 39, I think. Like he's not a young player. So so
1: I, I slipped this in because I want to say it is it is unfeasible for this to happen, period, based on his contract. His situation. contract too, right they would have to eat an additional $66 million where they're taking the prorated from future years and pulling it forward if they trade them. His cap hit would be $98 million next year if they trade them, which is like 45% of the cap. They would have to clear an additional $60 million in order just to trade them. It, it is impossible to trade him. They cannot clear that much cap without like totally destroy, which if you're trading Aaron Rodgers, you're getting your team. But like, I don't even know that they can like actually they be able to clear that team. much cap because it's already guaranteed. Like it, it, it's not happening. Folks. It's not happening. Right. Of, all, of all the potential options. And there are some good ones. Aaron Rodgers is not the option. It right. like, and, and I would sign up to take Aaron Rodgers. If it were viable, I would trade assets for Aaron Rodgers. If it were viable, it's not viable.
0: It's not viable. Not viable. All right, so this is my last one. Um, this team's defense can carry them the rest of the season. Is that cope or nope?
1: No, I I do think it's true. And and we touched on this defense will keep us in games. I I don't think it can carry us in the sense where our like our offense will need to situationally put together drives and score points in one games but our defense is good enough to keep us in games but i also don't think our defense is past making a back like it pitching a three game or a three point game like this isn't gonna happen and we're large benefactors of the wind as i said there but it'll it'll keep it to kind of let what denver's been doing where if denver could score 18 points a game they'd be eight and one or whatever the ridiculous stat is what we'll be in that ballpark where we need to score points we probably need two two touchdowns and a couple field goals a game if we can do that we probably win most games the rest of the way
0: mm-hmm. i think this defense is jay we talking about it enough but I, I just they need the offense to do something just wake up like that performance that we saw on sunday isn't going to be good enough the rest of the way, obviously. So, all right, so let's move on to this week's geek of the week. And between his performance on the field, the press conference, the response, which is abysmal, acting like a child up there, it's Zach Wilson, right? This is an easy one. I, I don't want to pile on to the rest of what national media is doing, because like I've said, I think it's gone way over the edge with the hyperbole. And I, it's just, it's just like, you'd think that this guy, like, slaughtered a thousand puppies with the way that people are coming after him this week. Like it was like Dan Hansen said, it was a bad game, terrible performance, terrible press conference. What else is there to be said? You just hope from everything that the jets are doing this week that he's humbled and he moves on from this because the one word that Michael floor said a lot about Zach Wilson is resilient, right? When he makes a mistake, he moves on from the mistake. I hope that whatever solid decides to do this week, even with the non committing to him yesterday or on Monday in his press conference, I hope that's enough to humble him and wake him up and be like, all right, dude, it's time to go kind of deal. So Zach Wilson geek of the week.
1: I agree. <laughs> all right. Not much else to say. I, I just like high level. Right. And and in general, Try not to overly swing one way or the other, especially in the moment. Like Mm -hmm. one game isn't going to make my decision on Zach, but like certainly that post game presser was for me. And I think most people the kind of like, okay, this might be it for Zach. Like at the end of this year, like Mm -hmm. you see that that door is open where we could move on. So it's like, it's very much like dude balls in your court you need to keep your job the rest of the year, right. right? You need to prove why you should be the quarterback next year. Right. You're not, you're not going to, going to just be the quarterback next year. Cause we took you second overall. Cause you have tools. You have to show us why you should be the quarterback in 2023.
0: Listen, the team likes him, right? I, I, I think it's overstated that the team doesn't like him or whatever, because he wears the captaincy and they vote on these guys. So, um, I do think the team likes him. I don't think it's a matter of they don't like him. I just, it's a matter of he has to remove his head from his ass and play better. I think that's what it comes down to. And listen, I, I know people with the jets PR staff. I think they do an okay job. I won't say great job. They have to do better with Zach in that spot, to be honest with you too. He's got to be coached up better in that spot than, than just, you know, leaving, leaving the press conference on a no like that. So, it's easy, um,
1: it's easy for me to say as the dude not in the uh, in the behind the mic, but he's got to not let Hughes totally, like, bait him into – like, yeah. I think he, like, way over-adjusted and, like, not taking the cheese on the question mm-hmm. and, and right. just – because he did that the past couple weeks, too, where he's just shutting stuff down and, and trying so hard not to give a soundbite where right. then it totally backfires. Yeah. It's like, dude, you got to – do what josh allen like and that, that probably doesn't help right just the total contrast to josh allen two weeks ago when we played him where he's right. like yeah i played like garbage it's all my fault right, right.
0: and not only like, and not that's only all not, you gotta say
1: is say that and move on
0: even the justin fields thing where he was apparently apologizing to his teammates but you know he's, he has to apologize because he's thrown two game ceiling interceptions in his last you know four losses or whatever it is so you know you should be saying sorry to your teammates yeah. for that and listen I'm, I'm sorry, like Zach Wilson, like you just got to be better in that spot. Just be yeah. smarter, you know, and yeah. and Connor Hughes, Connor Hughes lobbed him a softball there. Right. He 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 gave it up to Zach and he told him, like, do you feel do you feel like you let the defense down? Like, that's a good spot for Zach to say, yeah, I do. Like, I feel like I let them down. Right. But he did. So yeah. whatever it is what it is. That's New York media for you. All right, so let's let's take a look ahead. This is the flight plan. Week 12 versus the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields, big question mark this week. We're not sure if he's going to play or not because he's dealing with a left shoulder injury. What can the Jets expect from this Bears team on Sunday?
1: I mean, not one of the lesser talented rosters in the league, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to threaten you at wide receiver at all. They do have a pretty good ground game, especially if Fields plays, and that's where you get concerned is our inability to tackle, our inability to tackle running quarterbacks. Um, so, but on on the other hand, it's like you literally play eight, nine in the box. You dare him to throw, and your pass rush probably gets home. So, mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a Trevor Simeon, you at like. Maybe we do pitch another game where we only give up three points, right? That's what I would expect based on that offense. With never seen Me in it, though,
0: this is Sliz. So I don't think this is a you know, we they dealt with the Elijah Moore thing, but that was one guy while the team was winning. I honestly feel like this week is the biggest test for the Jets in the locker room. Yeah, this is the biggest test for Robert Sala because he has to keep this team focused, and judging by the tweets. Accidentally or not, that Sauce Gardner liked that John Franklin Myers liked is disparaging Zach. That defense is feeling a certain type of way right now. And Rich Semini oh, yeah. is Rich Cimini tweeted out that the that the team is feeling a lot of emotion and the defense is feeling a, a lot of emotions. And I know that some some guys came out and said we support Zach, you know, whatever. Whatever's happening behind closed doors, it's probably not very pretty. And when these guys all have media on Wednesday, when Zach talks on Wednesday, he better say all the right things. And that starts with an apology. That starts with saying, I need to play better. That starts with, so um, this is the biggest test. And this is the type of game that I look at, that if things aren't right at practice, and there's kind of a weird vibe happening there, it's kind of scares you. It feels, well, it feels plays. It kind of scares you because the bears are i mean they're not a very good team but they also beat up on the patriots with the jets have not been able to do right um so we'll see. we'll see.
1: the, the comments we didn't touch on that are, are actually the most interesting i think of all the post game of all the tweets of all of everything were the garrett wilson comments garrett wilson yep and I'm really curious because that, that didn't seem pointed solely at Zach. It didn't even seem solely pointed at Michael Fleur. Like it was very much like a, like a, what the heck are we doing? Like everyone is just dropping the ball type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious what, if anything changes coming from that. And, um, you know, Garrett's a winner. He's been at a winning program, like a winning program more so than any of these guys on offense. So right. it, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what comes of that. And and I think hopefully you see some of that early in the play calling in the type of offense, regardless of quarterback, regardless of any of that, we, we need to get, move the ball. This defense yeah. uh, on the bear side has some young talented pieces in their secondary, but they're young and, and up front. They really don't have a whole lot. We need to be, we need to be able to run the ball. If we can't run against this team, we're not going to be able to run all year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, like that that's just <laughs> bluntly putting it so yeah. if, if we can't exploit this d then the season if we lose this game the season's over yeah but, um
0: put yourself in solid shoes sliz who starts this week what would you do
1: yeah i said it a couple times i think was it albus whoever whoever in the the therapy couch i think what what they said was that what i've been saying i think zach starts I think the leash is short. I think we go to the backup at halftime if we have if we have to, and if I had the option, it'd be Flacco as QB two.
0: Right. I just think you know the the thing is like it's hard for me, and I'm not a practice so I don't see this and you don't hear reports from practice this time of year, but it's hard for me to see like you don't hear that like oh well Mike White was amazing in practice right like you don't you don't hear these things right yeah so to give him the start outright would just be to appease the people who were mad on defense and less about Zach being that bad right? right so i do think that you have to start Zach if he's i don't know 10 of if he's if he's 6 of 18 at halftime and he just took looks totally lost and you get lost you got to you got to pull him Right, and that's when you you make the decision. I just don't see for a team that at from pretty much this point on are playing must win. I don't like using the term must win because it's overused, and not every game is a must win. But in order to keep your playoff hopes alive, you pretty much have to win every game, including a game like this where you can't afford to get cute. Like if they went into this game at seven and three. And Zach looked awful versus the Patriots. Then I, I might be say to myself, you know what? Maybe you give White the start or Flacco the start, and you go from there. But at six and four, and now you have to win these games. And Zach still gives you the best chance to win. I'm sorry, it's true. Uh you can't you can't mess around. You can't mess around to start the game like that. So,
1: and I hope we'll we don't like handcuff them right i Mm -hmm. hope we don't baby them i hope we don't like lock down the playbook and hey you have these one like i think we need to do the exact opposite we need to open it up as much as possible Mm -hmm. take shots make them make reads make them get off first reads to say like if we lock it down it's gonna get ugly i think it'll get ugly if we lock
0: it down sink or swim that's what it comes down to and and listen, like if the if the game plan calls for the easy throws and like the short stuff like we saw versus Buffalo fine, just execute it. Yep. That's it. So, very very interesting game in week 12 versus the Bears. I hope Fields doesn't play cuz I just don't want to open up discord to that. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't
1: want the discourse either, man. I yeah. do, I do not want it. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's, let's bring it in for landing. This is the landing strip. So, Hey, I just want to say to all of you out there, I'm thankful for a lot. I'm thankful for you listening to this podcast because this has been a great joy of mine. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm thankful for you listening. Um, Thanksgiving food, I think, is very overrated at that. Um, Turkey is terrible. Stuffing is pretty good. Corn is fine. Green beans are terrible. Cranberry sauce is bad. Whatever. So
1: I haven't had my sweet potatoes, man. Sweet potatoes are, are good.
0: You can you can overnight those. (laughs) <laughs> you can overnight those if you want. Uh, I'm o- always willing to try new things. So uh, a very, very happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, everybody. Uh, Modern Warfare 2. I've been playing it like a fiend. And I love the remake the re- or the reboot that came out a couple years ago, the multiplayer. Dude, I went on a heater last night. It was like, so Black Ops 1 was, I, I stopped in Black Ops 1. I rolled. I have like a 1.8, I think, in Black Ops 1. And I was just, I would roll, roll, roll. And I went on a heater yesterday playing Call of Duty where it's like, okay, I can't, I was like at the blackjack table. Like I I can't, I was at the craps table. All right, I'm riding this. I'm, yeah, I'm still going. Lose, like, yeah, I was like 40 and 17 one match. It was like 32 and 12. Like I was just, dude, I was ripping them off left and right. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Modern Warfare 2 is actually a lot of fun. Surprising, surprising amount of fun. Still looking for a Warzone win. Uh, i finished in second before to a, and a couple guys with snipers and all that nonsense were sitting in hills but whatever um modern warfare 2 fun 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 all right so what's on your mind
1: yeah man you talked thanksgiving i got signed up for a turkey trot 8 a.m sharp on thanksgiving
0: no <laughs>
1: not too thrilled about it but hey it'll it, it should be fun We got you know, the whole family's going bringing my daughter too so we'll, we'll bundle nice. up hope hopefully it doesn't rain and we're, we're just gonna walk it but mm-hmm. yeah get uh, get the legs moving get the appetite worked up so <laughs> got got a, my my first ever turkey trot rolling out so and then man I, I don't know if if you've watched any of the World Cup more the more things change the more they say the same with the US man absolute disappointer disappointment yeah, I mean. in the opener uh, it's it's still there for them to take and, and get the get through the group stage but man what what a what a gut punch on kind of like getting some excitement around men's soccer and it feels like you know soccer in general has such an uphill battle in the u.s and when when you show up like that it, it certainly doesn't help but so it's <laughs>
0: Someone asked me if they knew if I knew what whales was, and I said, "Isn't that a sea mammal?" Yep. So, <laughs> so there's that. Sorry, young team. No, well,
1: this. just young team, and and you know that'll happen. But man, I don't know. It's just disappointment. Brent's- I'm a big soccer guy. I, I grew up playing soccer. Played club soccer. Played U.S. Academy in in high school. So I, I I had been very plugged into the soccer scene, and and it's got it's got its issues in the U.S. And I think you kind of see it culminate at, France, on on the biggest stages. There,
0: France looked really good after that. Uh, Australia scored first, and then France was totally dominated after that. So that was uh, that was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, you definitely see the contrast when you when you watch some of these top top programs versus us. The I mean That's what it is. i'm still gonna watch and still root for the u.s man i i I don't know maybe unpopular in today's day and age but i love just like the celebration of your country Mm. in the world cup every every country right i just love the dudes getting up there representing their country and and playing i I love soccer so i I love it man
0: maybe if the whole football thing doesn't work out for zach wilson he can try soccer
1: Maybe, hey, him and Pulisic had that jersey swap picture a while back. Maybe they'll get him tried out at goalie or something.
0: (sighs) Poor Zach. Not poor Zach. I don't feel bad for Zach, but whatever, man. Anyway. That'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. Obviously, you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star review where applicable. It would be greatly appreciated. You can find us on Twitter at our very dormant Twitter at JetFuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Rivera Sn Sliz, where can the people find you?
1: am my equally dormant twitter at sliz underscore nyj because I, I am not i am not engaging in the doom and gloom i'm not engaging in the bad vibes
0: don't do it don't do it it's not <laughs> worth it man the takes are
1: wa- watch from the sideline if you want to interact with me come chat in discord i'll, I'll have to all <laughs> have conversations there because you can actually con- converse not just shout tweets right. at each other
0: yeah it's it's total it's a nightmare out there right now anyway uh, you could send us an email at jet fuel discord podcast at gmail.com. And Sliz, if people want to converse with you, where can they join the discord?
1: It, it's a uh, discord.gg slash It's
0: a good time of year. Cause you have people saying that, uh, that this team would be uh, vying for an AFC championship right now. If we had Sam Darnold instead of Zach, Wilson. Yeah, man,
1: we'd be, we'd be undefeated with Sam Darnold at QB, man.
0: And Rob needs to set this one out, man. Sorry. Anyway, hey,
1: starter of the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold, once again, rise from the ashes, baby. That'll be
0: that'll be a fun discussion for around the league in roughly 60 seconds <laughs> next week when we bring it back. So uh man, Sam. Sam lives to fight another day. Good for him. But that'll do it for this episode of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast for Matt Solard. I am Joe Rivera, reminding you you can't take flight without Jet Fuel.